It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. I am so happy that I get to bring that back and play that all over again. It's so good. I had a buddy, my buddy who listens, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, he's the returning guest. If you want to go search that has been asking, Hey, Rusty, where's your, where's your fucking music? And I, it would have been a lot of editing and stuff to put it in, but I found a way around that and I can just do it right on the recording and then i'll have to go back and edit it and it's there and uh everyone's happy it's a win-win-win so shout out to returning guests in the united states uh one of my listeners from the united states so uh, i'm in the united states too but he's a listener from the united states so uh yo man boom miss rusty boom miss rusty it is wednesday morning here in america or wherever you may be it might be wednesday night i don't know could still be it's probably still not i don't think it's anywhere it's still tuesday but it's wednesday here wednesday here on the east coast of the united states i am rusty diamond this is on the quantum global broadcasting network qgbn and uh, yeah, you guys, you know what? If uh, let's see if I can get that your ad here, I'm taking advertising inquiries, so there might be an advertiser. So if you guys are maybe a, I need another one. You know, if you guys are maybe like a soda water brand, hit me up because I'm giving these guys nothing unless you know the top of the can what that is. But that's what I'm drinking. So anyway, today I'm here. And you know what? I have a special guest because it's a special guest kind of show. And so I'm going to bring that special guest on here, right here, right now. The special guest today, Marie Hernandez. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm pretty darn good. It's, you good. know, it's, uh, it's what, what happens on Wednesday. I yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah, Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. I, I just <laughs> yeah. went off on a long I, rant about it being Wednesday. I'm like, why well, yeah. is it really Wednesday or is it Tuesday? Yeah. But yeah. it is. Uh, I have to check too. So it's it's the life, right? I have to check. Like, yeah, I, I usually know losing a day here. Yeah, I'll, I'll usually know around one or two o'clock when my second podcast comes on. And it's like, well, okay, so what podcast am I doing then? So then I'll know what day it is because <laughs> I do those the same time uh, every day or same time each day good tuesday wednesday thursday at least when it's tuesday wednesday thursday i'll know what day it is so but, right, you know, right every day is uh when you're a an entrepreneur of sorts every day is every day there's no that's right there's no days off there's <laughs> no days off you could there you yeah. can but you know stuff's still going through in your head i talked to a guy a while um shoot maybe a couple weeks ago and he is able to get his mind totally blank and i want to know i i just i'm jealous of that it's uh, me too me too some, wow yeah yes something i want to get to um mm. 
I saw Beavis and Butthead do it on TV this week. So <laughs> if they can do it, I think if we they can, can do it, anybody, do it. there's hope for us all, right? <laughs> right. So if, yeah, if we can yeah. get to that spot, but in go. the meantime, we're, we're out just, you know, pound in the pavement, whatever you yep. want to call it, just yep. go, go, yep. go. And yeah, I mean, so like, are you, where, where did you decide, or when did you decide I'm not going to do what I'm doing? Uh, the, when, when did you leave the regular life? Uh, as so, they say? <clears throat> good question. So probably at birth, I probably <laughs> knew that I was not going to actually be a quote unquote normal human being, but um, grew up, of course, I got married, had my children. And um, so in 2015, uh, life as it often does kind of threw me a curveball. And, and I was faced with, okay, I could go back to a normal, corporate, boring, soul sucking life, or I could create a life of my own and do it my way, which included all the struggles and everything else that came with it. So it's been since then, 2015, um, when I said, okay, that's the decision I made. And I said, all right, figure, let's figure this shit out and <laughs> figure out what, where you want to go and how you want to get there and all the struggles that come with it. Because of course, that, that was it too. I was 50 and I was faced with that kind of decision, you know, it's, I'm not 20, I'm not 22, I'm not 25, I'm 50. So I need to figure it out and, and do it my way. So yeah, it's been almost eight years now. And I have not regretted it or look back. And it's it's been some tough challenges. Um, I have a famous out there, a famous six, 16 cent story. <laughs> that was that was the balance in my checking account at one point. So yeah, but no, I'm, I've never regretted it. So when you were at 16 cents, what, what was going through your head? Where were you thinking I, I could go or was there just, what am I going to do to get, you know, some more money into this account? Yeah. Where am I going to double yeah. down? Uh, mm -hmm. Am I going to go back to doing some other, some other work? Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what, I mean, that was kind of it. Like I was all, of course I went into a panic and, um, you know, I, I, of course, you know, I panicked and I froze and I, oh my God, let me go back and just take, do anything. But I also knew that if I made those choices, I know me and I was on a, on a, on a self exploration journey as well. I, I wanted to, you know, I had failed at relationships and failed at certain parts of life. And, and I don't, I don't consider it a failure. I consider it lessons, but I had, you know, a lot of lessons. <laughs> the universe was beating. Yeah. Beating my head with a ball peen hammer saying, girl, when are you going to get it already? So, so I had to go back and, you know, I was the common denominator and all of that. And that was a decision that I made like, okay, I need to like really strip away everything and figure out why I keep drawing this crap into my life. And um, and I knew that if I went back, I could go back into the corporate world. I could go back and get, you know, a, a really good paying job that I had had. And, but I knew that if I did that, it would continue to put off, you know, I would, I would just drown in that life. I would, with the responsibilities and showing up for someone else and, you know, the, the scheduling, I knew that. So I was willing at that point, you know, my children were grown and my grandkids weren't my responsibility. So I said, you know, now's the time either you're going to do it or you're not. And I 
I'm a firm believer. I, for myself, I won't, I won't lie on my deathbed and say, I wish I would have, you know, I wish, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. I, at least that's my decision. I won't do sure. that no matter what that takes. And that might be, you know, and I realized that could take being homeless or, you know, <laughs> couch surfing or whatever it was, you know, that was going to be the decision. And so, yeah, it was a scary decision, especially, you know, a single woman at 50 starting over. And yes, I had family, you know, I had my children, my grown children that I was able to, to go and visit. And, and so I had that and I was grateful for that. And that took a bit of stripping away pride too, because, you know, I'm supposed to be mom, I'm supposed to have it all together. And here I'm starting over. And, and with that comes a lot of humbling and, and, um, you know, but I did it because that's what it took um, to decide that I deserve to do what I wanted to do and to have fun at it and to live the rest of the life, my life, the way I chose. So yeah, all so of those things. <laughs> how'd your kids take it? Um, when mom said she's going to go Here's mom going a new direction in life, uh, not the constant, you know, the constant um, stability going, yeah. going out into something different. How do they, how do they take it? Well, not, not as bad as you would think, because I, I, they knew me, right? I'm mom and they knew that I'd never, I, I didn't raise them conventionally. They, they, you know, we, we were travelers. We were very open to different cultures and people and you know walks of life and I'd raise them that way you know we're all people just all helping each other along the path of life regardless of where we come from or what we look like and, and what we believe so um they weren't surprised they they weren't surprised actually and um my daughters especially were very proud of the fact that like you know what mom yeah if anybody could do it you can do it and you know let us know how we're going to support you with that. And, and they were pretty, pretty supportive. My sons, of course, were just like, yeah, that's mom, whatever. <laughs> it's just <laughs> kind of like, okay, just let us know where you are kind of thing. So um, yeah, I was, I was supported in that way. Not by everybody. You know, I wasn't my children. Yes. Not by everybody in my family. They were kind of like, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? You know, um, some of the older people in my, in my family were like, no, you have to find somebody to take care of you. And, that whole traditional thing in their minds. But now that it's worked out, of course, you know, after the fact that they're supportive. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> really easy generally. to be like, hey, do you remember yeah. what you said? Do you remember, you remember <laughs> saying this to me? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's so I mean, so with with those people, like how did I mean, did you just have to kind of brush it off? Or was it like you take some of it to heart and like, well, maybe they are right, you know, or is it just like, yeah, now fuck them, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I mean, I know I got this and I'll, yeah. I'll show them. Right. Well, a little bit of both, because of course, um, you know, of course, as, as someone, as a daughter, you want, you want your parents to support you and love you and be proud of you. Um, but I realized that I can't please everybody. That was part of that, that huge growth, my own growth and my own self-worth and coming to that point. Um, so it was sad. Like it hurt a little bit. And then there's fear like, Oh my gosh, what if they're right? You know, what if I fail? But I like to, I I'm very quick at flipping things around and I, I did the work. I took three months. Um, I went to Italy to Tuscany, took three months, very much eat, pray, love under the Tuscan sun type thing. <laughs> and took right. that time to really dive. I, 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 you know, found the money to, and, and did what I needed to do to find a place that was just where I could just like 
rehabilitate myself and dive into um, self-discovery and learning and, and, and listening to myself, meditating, all those things that, that I needed to do to, to get where I needed to be. And so I was able to just say, listen, this is what I want. And if you're not on board, that's okay. And, and, and that did require me to separate myself and, 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 you know, draw boundaries and not, and, and honor those boundaries. And some people never came back into my life and that's okay. And others did on a, on a level that I accept. And, you know, I still have boundaries with them and then some embraced it all and were supportive and, and loving. So, you know, it didn't go perfectly, but it, it went how it was supposed to. And, and um, yeah, so yeah, there was a little bit of fear, a little bit of I'll show you because I'm kind of like that. And, you know, a little bit of um, letting go of what, what didn't serve me. So, yeah. So you said earlier, you, you had to do what you had to do to get the money to mm-hmm. live in Italy. What do you mean by that? So, what I did do is, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people, I'm the type of person that I, I put people on the plane before it's built, <laughs> before there is a plane, to, so to speak. So what I did is I took a look at like what I could do right now in terms of, you know, money on the table or what I could sell or, you know, what that, what that looked like. And, um, you know, I, uh, I was in Singapore in 2000. So from 2010 to 2016, I lived in Singapore. I, I was there with my then husband. And, and during that time in 2000, at the end of 2014, the beginning of 2015, I, you know, I found out some, some news that said, okay, you're not, uh, your life isn't what you thought it was, which threw me into this tailspin and like, okay, I have to change my life and figure it out. So it's kind of stuck there for a while. Um, uh, you could use the word abandoned, I guess, because I just didn't have any resources. I was there with him and, and um, his decisions left me, you know, alone with nothing. And so I had to sort that out. But um, so I had, I had started this business that I was, it was, it's, I, I'm an expert in sponsored travel, which I exchange marketing um, for experiences that allow me to run my business and expand my own business. And so I had started that already, but I didn't need the money. So I wasn't making money. It was more of just an exchange. And so that was kind of, that had, that was on the table too, where I could turn to, to then say, Hey, how can I make money doing this? And I, I kind of looked at all of that. Like, what do I have? What can I sell? I didn't have a whole lot to sell sell, but I did have some things that I could sell. And, but I, and I knew that I needed to, to get away. I knew that I needed to heal and traveling for me has always been that for me. It's been a a way of, of healing, but it's also been a way of growing and exploring and getting to know people. And, and so that's what I did. I sold what left I had, which wasn't much because, you know, I went from having all the material things that a life gives you to literally having two suitcases and that was it. And so I sold what I could sell. And then I also went back to the people that I had met over those few years while I was building this kind of small business while I was there in Singapore. And I started doing things like um, managing their social media because it was digital. You know, I could do that anywhere in the world. So I, I did, I went back to what I knew. I went back to the people that I knew and that I had encountered over the years. And I was able to make enough money to sustain me. Um, not a lot, but enough, you know, to buy the ticket, have enough to eat, you have a place to stay and then work on the business and myself during that, during, it was a three month stint that I did, that I stayed in, in Tesme, which then opened up all kinds of opportunities for me. And 
helped me develop the business that I have now. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, and again, that comes doing that, you know, comes with stripping away some pride because, you know, <laughs> you're not, you're, you have to tell people who you have to be very vulnerable and say, Hey, this is the situation I'm in. You know, how can we work together? How can I help you accepting, um, accepting the money that was offered to me, whether I thought it was enough or not, just, you know, doing what I needed to do, um, to allow, you know, to allow the growth and allow me to, uh, to, to become who I am now. So. So, I mean, was there anything that when you had your two suitcases, was there anything that was like, I can't sell this? Or was there anything where you kind of had debate like, well, should I sell this? Like, does it really mean that much to me or anything like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it's funny. I was just I was just uh, telling my partner about the story last night. We were talking about it. So I had I had collected first edition Stephen King books throughout my whole life. Lo absolutely loved them. They were just one of those things, you know, I was attached to is emotional attachment. And I sold everything else, but I had them. And I didn't want to let them go because it was just a, something that was emotional to me as an emotional attachment. And I, I let everything else go and I wasn't going to let that go. And so I wanted to keep them no matter where I was going in life. And when I realized I had 16 cents and I was embarking on this, it was the beginning of my idea that I knew I needed to get away and kind of just discover myself and what I wanted and where I wanted to go. Um, that was all I had left were those, with all of those books. And at first I was like, no, I'm not letting, I'm not let, letting everything in my life go. I'm not letting everything get stolen from me. It was stubborn and, you know, that kind of thing. And then it just occurred to me, well, you know, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to, to change your life and to be the person that you want to be? What are you willing to do? You know, that self-discovery and getting away in Italy was the right choice. I knew it. It was a knowing. It was just this, it was not an, a question. What are you willing to do? And so that was the last hold on my old, my old life, the last materialistic thing that I had that, that, um, that collection of books and so I sold it and it afforded me the ticket and the, um, and the, the three months accommodation and a little extra money to eat, uh, at the beginning. And then, um, and then I, you know, I started reaching out to the people that I knew that I had met over the years and started, uh, accepting jobs as a social media manager that bridged that gap while I was doing what I needed to do to, uh, to reach that part in life where I decided what it is I want my business to be and how I wanted it to what I wanted it to look like so so you said uh you said you went to Tuscany and you said something about eat pray love um is it so was mm -hmm. that did that take place in Tuscany is that why you chose Tuscany <clears throat> I, I you know I I've not you know I I heard of the book and uh, <laughs> that but yeah, I don't know anything about it yeah um it, yes and no. So Tuscany was one of those choices. So I'm my my father's family's from Spain, and okay. I was literally going to go either there, but I, I I'm not quite sure. To be honest with you, I'm not sure how Tuscany entered into. Of course, I'd seen the movies, and they're they're wonderful movies. But I've seen lots of great movies about destinations, and I've traveled extensively throughout my life. So it wasn't really. Um, it, I also was considering going back to Southeast Asia, Thailand. I love Thailand. And if it had not been that my children were in the US and my grandchildren, I probably would have gone to Thailand and stayed from Singapore. But I came, you know, I came back. So Tuscany entered, I'm not even sure how, to be honest with you. It's just, I know it was divinely 
it was divinely so it was it was it came about so it was between uh, an airbnb in spain and tuscany and i was talking to both owners and it was just i was just whether you say guided or just you know um energetically dr drawn more to the family that owned this small airbnb in the mountains of buti buti it's called it's buti tuscany which is very unknown it's not any kind of popular place it's just this tiny little place and that's i just started talking to them and they were just so welcoming and loving that i felt drawn and i chose i chose tuscany for that reason um and i'd never been there before because um, I've, I've traveled extensively and I'd never been to Italy before. And it's a, a place that I wanted to go. And Tuscany just came on the map that way. Um, again, I really do believe it was divinely because everything from that point on after that trip um, opened up in my life and also to in my business. So well, um, I think it was the opening up to whatever. And I think it, the selling those books was a turning point in your life. Yeah, where yeah it's, absolutely. The, you know, the stupid fight club, uh, you know, uh, quote of, you know, uh, only when you lose everything, are you free to do anything or, you know, mm -hmm. something like mm -hmm. that, you know, it's one of those things you yeah. got to really just kind of let go of everything and then right. you can kind of go to where you're supposed to go, but you, you can't halfway do it. There's no, no there's no halfway of doing it. You have to just... No be like okay well this is it yeah. and then so what what got you what was it about thailand that you like so much uh, uh the people are amazing they're very gregarious kind um the weather of course everything is just the food I'm, I'm a big foodie i love i love internet i love all kinds of food so it's i had been there exclusively um well, I've been so throughout Southeast Asia, I what I was doing with the sponsorship is I was connecting with tourism boards and I was meeting the directors and they were sending me off to like review new hotels or new villas and, and new vacation spots. And um, I've been to Thailand several times and it's the I'm not one that likes the touristy places like I, yeah. I'm not I like to find the uh, literally the off the beaten track where you're really going to immerse yourself in the culture. And so that was where I was different from other, at the time, I guess I would could have been called, a, if you had to give a label, I guess a travel blogger, but it was much more than that. I was developing these relationships with people so that I could, um, it wasn't just about talking about places that I had been. I actually have to immerse myself into it, which I'm glad I did that because it did open up this world to me that made my business what it is now. So Thailand was just one of those places that the people were just incredible. And the deeper in that you got, or the more exclusive the, the, the island that you found, the, the more amazing the people were because it's not, about, um, it's not about money for them. It's about culture. It's about family. It's about community and communication. So that's what draws me to any country and to any uh, kind of situation. So that it was just it really touched me. And of course, I love Indonesia as well. Singapore is more of like a city. So I wasn't so attracted to it. It was just that's where the home was. And then I from there, I branched out and went to all the other countries that's in Southeast Asia. But Thailand just spoke to me that way. It was just an incredible. And of course, the weather, like I said, I love warm weather and, and ocean and, and things like that. But um, so, yeah, that was 
that was a choice I struggled with because I, I wanted to just jump on a plane and go. I had connections there and I knew people there and I would have been able to, to manage it much easier because of the exchange rate. <laughs> so, right. cause I was being paid in, in us dollars. So obviously the exchange rate was much better. So, go, um, but further, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I knew that, uh, I also knew that I needed to, to go home and reconnect with my children because I had been away for six years. I mean, I came back once or twice a year, but not in the same way. So I needed right. to come back and reconnect. Um, so I did do that. And then Tuscany, the, the ability and the opportunity to go to Tuscany came up and it was, of course, my choice. And um, yeah, it was all divinely, it was all supposed purposefully planned. So yeah, so, I'm, I'm glad I, glad I did that. So. so do you have a three month visa or something like a, just a travel visa it's there in Tuscany? Yeah, it's yeah. so I could go for three months. Yeah, I can go for three months. I can also, I, well, that was the reason because they were allowed to go for 90 days. Um, but I had been back several times. You can actually apply for longer. And because I am now considered someone who brings tourism to the country, um, it's easier to kind of get a, a, an extended visa up to a year. Um, so I do that, but but I haven't done it yet again after COVID because um, I now I'm, my retreats are everywhere. Like I'll, I have retreats in the US, I have them in Tuscany always, but also Greece, Indonesia, we're gonna be having one next year. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not as, I, I love this nomadic life. I love the ability to slow travel and stay where I can for a couple of months or three months. Um, and in Southeast Asia, you can stay, you can stay 90 days and just cross the border into another country and then cross back after lunch and you get another 90 days. That's <laughs> so pretty easy. It's easier in Southeast Asia to do that. Uh, whereas you have to leave 90 days, you know, you could go to, to Europe for 90 days, but you have to leave for 90 days and then come back. So it's a little bit more difficult. So I schedule my retreats and my, my travel that way. Okay. Yeah. Cause, yeah. uh, Again, China getting a, a visa was hard. That was mm. that was a hard one to. It to is get. difficult for Americans to get in China. Yeah, and that's just because of the politics and yeah, that kind of crap. So and yeah, but I mean, and then so like I don't know. I've I've been looking at Asian places for a while, and it mm -hmm. changed a little bit. Um, I don't know. A few years ago, the, like the idea was to get over somewhere there whether it be you know china or taiwan or vietnam or something like that with a lot of production places mm -hmm. there and um but yeah but the thailand now and now that you know thailand is the only place in asia that has legal weed now mm -hmm. may that you know and then with like the exchange rate too, and the the warm weather has made it, you know, a pretty, you know, desirable place. And I don't know right. if that's going to spike tourism, but then there's so many different places like within it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, yeah. you know, one, one area. And, no, no, there's money. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's been like, it, it's hard. It's like, where are you now? Um, right now I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida, okay. Florida right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How how long are you in Florida for? I'll I'm going to Tuscany. I'm running a retreat in Tuscany starting May 20th. So I'll leave here around the, the 17th, 18th, I think, and then I'll stay there for 10 days and I'll come back. So my um my travels has slowed a little bit, not 
not in a bad way, but um, so I was single for seven years uh, purposefully. <laughs> you know, you can't be to someone else what you're not to yourself. So I needed to fall in love with myself and sort all that out. So I was, I stayed single for seven years, and then I just recently met um, my the in my opinion my um, my my perfect partner. So um, yeah, he, just very he live in Florida. So, so he lives in Florida, yeah, but he's also free to travel. So and he loves it. He loves traveling. He's a big surfer, so he surfs around the world. Oh, um, so the, yeah, so yeah. Where so do you go surfing anywhere? Have you gone surfing or done any? I have not. Although he's he's uh, wants to teach me, so <laughs> yeah, I have not. But I, of course, in my travels, you know, especially in Southeast Asia, because they have amazing, um, amazing beaches and and surf destinations. I've run into lots of surfers, especially in Thailand. So we're heading over uh, in December, we're heading over for three months, we're going to be going um, to to Indonesia, um, Ubud, the Ubud area, Padang, Padang is apparently, it's near Bali. It's near Bali. It's in the mountains of Bali. And then we're going to head over to Thailand as well. um, So so that he can surf there. He surfed you know, in South America, but he wants to surf over in Asia. So, yeah. I, why not? Why not? Right. You know, find, right, find those right. places. Uh, follow right. those. Follow those good waves as. Uh, yeah. As they do in Point <laughs> yeah. Break. Um, That's right. You know, <laughs> not a bad life. Not a bad life. Yeah. Not a bad life at all. There's there's something about being close to the water. Um, yes. It was, it was really different living in the middle of the like in landlocked states mm-hmm. um it was odd like i grew up in in oregon and mm-hmm. um which i mean you can't really say as a beach as a coastal uh right coastal area but um but yeah being like i lived in minnesota and utah and it was it was weird um wow, wow. yeah it was different it was just like there's being close to the waters it's pretty important, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's yeah, pretty important definitely. to get somewhere, somewhere close to at least you know be able to see, you know, see some waves. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. maybe get in yeah. there, get in there if you want. If it's not cold, maybe you like right. cold, cold water, and you can I go don't. for it. But I don't either. I, I if don't. it's if it's not warmer than my bathtub, I don't want to get anywhere near it. And, and I like my bath yeah. pretty warm uh yeah so yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah so it's it makes a lot of sense to you know get out and so you found a way to make it where because i i've seen this a lot with a lot you know the travel bloggers as you say um mm-hmm. so what they do in essence is call up hotels and go hey i, I go and i take selfies uh, all over your property and your rooms. And I posted on this blog that a lot of other people look at, um, can I stay here for free and for how long? Is that kind of like the gist of it? What goes on? That's that's the gist of an influencer outside of me. I don't do that. And I think that, um, you know, having done this now, I'm in my 12th year, excuse me, almost 13th year of doing this. and I don't begrudge anybody anything. I don't, I don't, but for me, uh, it's all about the, it's all about the, um, the engagement, but it's all about the relationship that I'm building. It's never just a one-off. I, I don't call up and say, Hey, 
I'll give you this kind of exposure if you give me a week in your in your hotel. I I don't do that because it for me it's all about every single sponsor that I have ever had has led to a beautiful relationship in which my business expands. And so where I'm different than an influencer is I offer a, a marketing package, which is consists of before, during, and after my stay. And I, I give, yes, I give that exposure, but my audience knows that I've been there. I won't promote something that I haven't experienced. I won't um, offer anything that I'm not, that I haven't, you know, that I'm not involved in. So I've, what's happened as a beautiful result of this is that it's set kind of like a precedence in the, in the industry where sponsors are getting tired of influences or who are kind of like just that selfie and that's it. Because what was happening for a while was, and I, again, I do not begrudge anybody any, I don't. And I don't want to sound like I'm putting anybody down or that it doesn't work. It can work. But for me, the relationship extends farther. Like I like to bring a retreat group to these places. I like to promote so that people are coming out throughout the year. And I, it's a metric that I can follow. And I know that I'm giving them, I'm giving them more than just that on-site kind of, you know, exposure here I am, you should come too. So, but a lot of the, a lot of those sponsors are telling me now that it, the, the ROI isn't beneficial for them because it's kind of, you know, if you're a beautiful girl and you're in a bikini and you're on, you know, in, on a bed in a, in a room in the most beautiful suite nobody's looking at the suite, they're looking at you and that's okay, but that's yeah. not going to help the hotel down the line. And Those so they're being, bookings. right. And so there, it, it is great exposure for the person, for the, for the influencer, but it's harder for, to, to measure metrics, to see if any of those people who are liking the photo are engaged enough to come and visit. It's so what I do is I build a relationship. Yes, I take selfies, but I but I build a relationship and I talk about the property. I talk about the owner, why that owner chose to do what they did, the the emotions behind it, the connection, their life. Like it's so much more involved and it's never just a one-off. It's always a continued relationship. So everything I do is purposeful. So I bring retreats and bring groups of people. So I won't choose a place just because it's popular. You will not see me at the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> I, don't, I don't go to the Leaning Tower. But what I will do is go to a beautiful, yeah. One of, the, one of those pictures. Yeah. And then again, those are great. And I've seen it. It's a beautiful structure. It's an amazing architectural design. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. But what I do is I get to know the owner of a beautiful luxury villa in the countryside of Tuscany who probably does not have the PR dollars to hire a, bit, hire a big PR firm to get people in. So me getting to know them, taking a cooking class with them, sitting and having a glass of wine and filming it, really talking to them and getting to know them and finding the why behind their business and why they love doing what they love, that exposure connects people that on an emotional level. So it, it also expands the brand of other, so I primarily my 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 clients are coaches, are business digital business owners themselves, experts in their own field, and yeah. what it does it expands their own brand because people want to know well, how is it that you get to go see these places like what's going on here like 
I want to do that too, but it also helps the property or the restaurant or the excursion. Um, you know, it connects them on a, on an emotional level and people want to go see it because they get to know the person behind, you know, the, uh, the person who owns whatever it is that wherever I'm visiting. So it's a different, it's a different approach to it. So. So then this is something, this is, this is kind of a hard one. I ask with a lot of people who are creators and entrepreneurs, and it can go kind of a lot of different ways. Um, where are you with uh, chat GPT and other AI stuff that can do your job? Uh, and what can't you, what can't it do? Um, and cause it's, it's, it's soul crushing for some of the stuff I've done. Um, and I don't know, it's, I, kind of like to and it's a hard realization too and um i don't know it's one of those things i just kind of like to see how if you know people are gonna how they can use it to assist them or how it can you know or what you know what you do that gives it that human touch that ai can't quite replicate yet right right so i'm one of these people that i think I, I, I'm, I love the idea of, of, of genius. And I think chat GPT is genius for the small things. Like it helps me. I do. I use it every day. And the more you use it, the more it becomes in tune with who you are and it's get, it gets better every day. And I do pay for the, the, for the upgraded version that allows me a little $20 bit more, you know or, um yeah yeah or 40 the reason why is yes i think it's 20 right now i got in very early so um i think now it's 40 but it's 20 i think okay um yeah so i i understand people's fear i understand the fear behind it like oh my gosh is it going to take away you know the personal connection that's up to the individual uh, my personal connection will never be taken away by anybody by anything it's enhancing my ability to do things to it allows it to take some pressure off it, it enhances my ability to um for instance like if i need a lesson in one of my programs you know i'll need a uh, i need a lesson in one of my programs it helps me fill that gap and of course i go in and add my own personal thing and it's getting better as well as it knows me more but it's never going to help. It won't ever take away my connection with my clients, my connection with my sponsors or with the businesses that I own. That's a connection. When I write, I, I love writing and I'm, a, I'm an emotional writer and I connect that way on social media. That's how I connect. Um, I'm all about authenticity. I'm all about honesty. I don't write about things I don't know. I don't speak about things I don't know or don't like. It's an energy. Everything is an energy. And that's where you can't chat. GPT doesn't have an energy. <laughs> you right. know, it's never going to. So I don't feel threatened by it. I use it as the tool as it's intended is to help me. And I, and I use that. I do. I use it every day to help me uh, to enhance my business. Um, when I, when I write from my soul, that's an energy that comes across and that I have not noticed that in any way it's hindered me in that way. I stick to what I love and what I know and what I do and the connections that I make with people. And I use it to enhance as a tool to enhance and make my life a little bit easier. And I think that's what it's intended to do. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some parts where it's stuff that, you know, I don't know anything about where I'd have to spend a lot of time or a lot of 
money, it kind of makes the single person entrepreneur, you know, have an easier time, you know, not having right. to outsource, mm-hmm. you know, something, you know, whether it be, you know, like I'll even, you know, just, you know, writing descriptions for my right. podcast or, right. um, you know, coming up with some pictures too. I'm like, the picture thing is, is an interesting one. Uh, art, art is, art's an interesting one, especially how much it's getting. I mean, like, and, you know, I've, I've said, you know, like the, there's, I don't know. I'm not, I don't like bringing my camera out uh, in a lot of places um, unless it's something that I really can't see anywhere. Like, like going back to the, the leaning tower of Pisa, I can easily superimpose myself and do a picture doing the same thing, but I don't want to be the 1600th person standing there with my phone you know, having someone do right. the same thing. I want to be there experiencing the thing. Uh, at mm-hmm. so at at Paisley Park in uh, in Minneapolis, where where Prince did all his stuff. Uh, there's there's no cameras allowed in there at all. No phones allowed in there mm-hmm. at all. And it's it's a different kind of experience. And so, I mean, there's there's a lot of places where photos and videos have been taken so much it doesn't matter and i mean it's you know getting to those places that are kind of away and off the beaten path that don't have the you know the the photography of it yet or the you know the video of it very much um where you can actually get some something that can't be replicated by ChatGPT yet because there's so much stuff on there that it can pull from immediately these are places off the beaten path where once you do it, then, you know, then, then people can start doing it, but you'll have already done it. So then right. people can start, you know, ripping, ripping from chat GPT of your stuff, but they're ripping your stuff. So at least mm-hmm. um, it's that way, but right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, is an interesting thing with, with all of it. And um, I just, I mean, so where do you see it going in the next 10 years? Um, kind of, I don't know, not like a 10 year plan, but where, where do you see the the travel business and what are people going to be traveling for? Are they traveling, you know, are people traveling for experience? Seems like that seems to be the thing more people are wanting to do is more for the experience, which just benefits you. Right, um, right. As opposed to just going for stuff, you know, people paying for experiences, don't own anything and be happy mm-hmm. is kind of, I think, where it's going to go. What, what about you? Where do you think? Um, so, well, again, that's where my responsibility to sticking with my brand and, and what I believe and who I am, it's, it's, it's who I bring into my world and who my clients are. So I, I do create experiences you know I do create these my retreats are experiences they're transform they're transformative in some way because of the experience that I'm offering it's again it's not you know for instance this next retreat that I'm doing we're doing a a a sunrise air balloon over vineyards you know that's that's unique because I've hired the the hot air balloonist to to land in a field and have a Prosecco breakfast so you know it's going to be different anybody could go to a travel agent or you can go to the tour guides. There's tons of tour, tour places, tour apps that you can go 
Mine is different because I'm bringing a group of people who then end up developing relationships and are friends for years after. That's my, that's my goal, to connect people through experiences. So as long as I stay true to that, um, I, I, it, I will never be out of business because that's my goal. That's who I am. And it's an energy I'm bringing and an and experience that I'm offering. Um, you know, and it's funny because after every retreat, one of at least one of the participants hires me to put another experience together for a group of their friends. And then they go on it as well. So it's, it is, I see that it's very sustainable because it's an experiential thing. It's, it's, I'm, they're experiencing not just a beautiful place, but they're experiencing the food, the culture, the camaraderie of being there first with about strangers. Usually if they, they start off as strangers and then they become really good friends. So that's where I see my business, you know, going and continuing to grow. You're right. Anybody you can go to a travel agent and buy a ticket to go see the Coliseum. Absolutely, you can. But you're not going to ever be able to buy a ticket and build a relationship. That, that comes with just an experience. And, and so I think that's the separation in, um, you know, what I, what I, what these retreats that I do put together, that's where that goes. My other business, obviously, is the, is the teaching of this because people have an idea, oh, I want to be in the travel industry, you know, and yes, you could be a travel agent, but I coach people how to use their own emotions and what they love in a niche that draws people to them for their experience. So because people buy what they, they, they buy results, right? <laughs> so the result right. of seeing me out there and seeing people that's what they want. It's it. They, they, they don't care how they don't care the uh, bulleted points of a thousand things you're going to learn in a program. They want results and they buy the results. And so my results speak because they see what I'm doing and because they see the other people that I get together and do it. And then my, my coaching clients as well. And I teach them how to do that within their niche. I mean, and the niche could be anything. Like I have people who are yoga, you know, experts or they're finance experts. And they then, you know, of course, who doesn't want to travel? You know, if you could take a group of people who are mathematical geniuses <laughs> to Tuscany or to Greece or to, you know, South America and have an experience, the, the, their, um, their niches, their, their experiences because they're, they love the same thing. And then they're, they're connecting in that way and experiencing something unique. So it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be, but that's for me, that's where my business is going and it's completely sustainable. And I don't think any, uh, like I, like you mentioned with chat GPT with the photos and stuff, I don't use it for that at all. And I never will because my experience in that setting of a picture of selfie or whatever I'm taking the energy bleeds through and you can't duplicate that on G chat GPT. So I do right. not use it for that. So that's where I separate it. I'll use it to help me with tools to descriptions, like you said, and things like the outlines, but photos I won't because that comes from here. You're in that photo and there's an energy in there and there's that, that love of what you're doing. And so that can't be duplicated. So yeah, I'm not, like I said, my business is all about the experience and all about what you can take away and, relationships that you can build and it happens to be through travel which is my passion so so i have one last thing have you uh, mm -hmm. had any uh 
And you go back to the eat, pray, love. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you had any relationships uh, come about, not you, uh, but like other people in your group that end up finding each other and ending up romantically linked? Has yes, that happened? Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So many of the people that come with me on retreat or that are in my world are obviously digital. They, they you know, they travel and um, so yes, a lot of them will go. Um, a few have gone to Italy and met um, and met a significant other there. But most of the people in my world um, are very open to to, and I was too. Like I, I never had a you know I have to meet somebody in this location or not. I just happened to meet somebody while I was here in um, in Florida working, and I happened to to meet him. So yeah, it's a lot of people, a lot of the the women and men that I know have met their significant other overseas um, and and either stayed or the significant other came along with them wherever they landed. So yes, it happens very often. <laughs> it's not a bad deal, you guys, if you're no. listening here. Uh, so if people <laughs> are, are looking to find you and they want, they want to get in on this, how are they going to get a hold yeah. of you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm on Facebook, um, uh, all over Facebook. Facebook is my main source for my business. Um, I'm, I just happen to be one of those authentic people. <laughs> so <laughs> everything's organic. I, uh, I strive for that. I'm on all social media, TikTok and Instagram under seriously travel. Um, you'll also see Marie Hernandez coaching. It's one in the same. So if you put seriously travel, I'll pop up there. Um, and then my personal, I do a lot of things on my personal Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And then um, you find me through email at marie at seriouslytravel.com if you have any questions. Or, but generally, I live on social media, so you can find me in, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. So, yeah. okay, well, I, well, thank you so much. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed getting to talk with you here and getting to learn you, learn you, getting to learn some new things about you <laughs> and what you. you do. And yeah, and um yeah i hope everyone gets to you know get a hold of you and you tell tell them old rusty sent you and okay. uh yeah, good yes yeah. i'd love to love to yeah and so okay. yeah you thank guys you uh so yeah thank you and thank you for everyone for listening uh this is a public access podcast on qg and and i think i'm gonna figure out how to do this real quick to get us out of here and put that on i bet that's still going and i can just go right into it and i can go boom that's the show man awesome so, <laughs> there we go and it's rusty diamond motherfucker It's rusty.